Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. It's radio, Pat. You don't need to see me. I do. I <laughs> no, you don't. like not seeing you. Pat, this is radio. You, you don't need to okay. see me. You got ears. For you that were just listening, that sound was, what was that? Well, everyone on the camera, on the webcam, saw what you were doing, yeah, so like, they figured here, it out. Here, here's now the you're sound. putting it back. Here, watch. All right. This is reminding me of talking to a small child on the phone or watching them talk on the phone <laughs> while they nod their head. Happens quite a bit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I do need to see you, Benny. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. We have got a great two hours of interviews. We're going to cover a lot of topics today, and I want to kind of jump right into it. I want to thank uh, Benny and Brian uh, for the stellar, stellar job they did yesterday handling all of the James Van Brock uh, calls. And I want to tell all of you out there that did not get in, uh, there were over 100 calls That went to my voicemail from 100 different people that didn't get in. Here's what I want to say to you. We are going to be scheduling James for a two-hour show. So I apologize to everybody out there. Um, And I am so grateful that you all uh, tuned in and turned us on yesterday and today and every day. Peter Kane is joining me here today. You know, this is a great topic. I don't even know where to begin with this. That's why I'm so glad he's here. (laughs) You know, working through relationship triangles. Now, for those of you that say, oh, I know that triangle thing. Yeah. For others that may think, oh, I don't do any triangle thing. Well, today's show is going to shine the light on this. But before we kind of kick it up, what I want to say is we're going to open up the phone lines now. And Peter is going to just share with you a little bit about what the giveaways are because they're incredible. But for those of you that don't know who Peter Kane is, he is a pioneer in relationship therapy and someone that is just extraordinarily passionate about helping people get unblocked, unstuck, and undone in their relationship lives. And how do you do that without the help of somebody that can be an objective observer, somebody that can help you give you advice, insight, and help you heal some very old wounds, maybe some not so old, but help you heal them anyway. Triangles, I was going to cuss. I won't cuss. Triangles don't work. And if you're in one or you are not familiar with it, they don't work, period. Whether it's with your parents, whether it's with your boss, whether it's with Peter, they don't work. Peter, welcome to the show. It's a great topic. Thank you, Pat. Great to be here. Yes, this is a courageous topic to try to hit this in 30 minutes. I I, I noted uh, about one-fifteenth of my book is on this, page count-wise. Mm. About one-fifteenth. Three really strong chapters about this. And building on what you just said, let's also know that if you're a listener and you're in that group that has never done them or says no to them, that doesn't mean the residual energies aren't still there to be cleared. There's a lot of 
triangular energy, similar to emotional affairs. But, but by the way, triangles aren't just sexual either. It can be that sibling triangle of competing for business. You know, there's sales competitions going on in different offices that, yeah. aren't, that aren't clean, on and on. But also, back to the sexual, let's get real about that. This is huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is, the original title of my book was Chronicles of a Monogamous Man. And I tell the full truth about having uh, two different relationships with married people. And then, you know, countless other layers of unavailable things. Like, have you learned, Pat, to not do long distance? Yeah. You know, like, I did learn that. Like, it seems like most of us have had to learn that. And Do, I, do you want to know the truth? Yeah. Having a relationship with somebody in Kent would be a long distance for me. <laughs> well for said. those of you that are not in the state of Washington, you probably wouldn't have gotten that. She but, just, you know, at you know, some yeah, level. She, she just described a 40-minute distance right. across right. the suburbia over here. Right. Right. And it, that's it's not black and white, of course. Mm-hmm. For example, one of the best relationships I know started while they both were married to other people Mm -hmm. so it's not black and white but i will say that uh generally speaking that is what we used to call your case if Mm. you're in a relationship with an unavailable person and that's another good way to start this is this is a courageous topic that's deep in the subconscious we're not even going to get to the iceberg of this i don't even think we're going to get to the x factor Part well, of this. so so the let's triangle start, let's st- with the X's. Before we jump in, yeah. let's tell everybody what you're giving away, so we can open up the phone lines. I'm going to give away two sessions today and two free books. You can have either. Uh, the sessions will be about anything you want it to be. Um, I want to mention that I got some. I've gotten some feedback that people who can't afford to pay for sessions feel seem to feel sheepish getting one for free. And I just want to point out that that's backwards. The reason I'm doing this is to demonstrate my gift of giving. And so these sessions are for anyone. Oh, any place they can be on the phone. They are not. They're not about me just wanting that person to continue on to session number two or whatever. It's about me demonstrating Mm -hmm. my gift, and that's a gift to allow me to do that. Okay, so if you want to receive a session with Peter, whether by phone or in person, he's giving away two of those. He's also giving away two copies of his book. So when you call in, just let Brian know what you'd like. We're going to open up the phone lines now. We're going to go to the end of the uh, half hour, but we want to do this right away. 1-800-930-2819. That's toll free. 1-800-930-2819. Just call in. And um, this is to help you work through whatever's going on. All right, let's talk about triangles, because I don't know if we will have time to talk about the X factor, the real X factor. It's been it's been made fun and lighthearted in movies. You know how relationships with exes don't affect current relationships and, you know, define triangle for us. So everybody gets a, a, well, an idea of it. Let's encourage everyone to get out a pen and paper and draw a triangle and then put themselves on one axis of it and begin to map out a relationship that they're having with two other people where there's some additional piece, where there's some relationship. You might not have even ever met the third person if it's a, you know, a full on relationship triangle and then begin to look at each person's part. 
So these are recreations of parental issues, sibling issues. Basically, most of us were raised in a way where our parents were either emotionally distant or also sometimes emotionally and physically inappropriate. So that experience is basically like any relationship pattern, an energetic imprint that leaves us and our subconscious craving understanding, believing that that's normal, and basically attracting and manifesting it. So this is, a, you know, we joked right away about how hard it was going to be to talk about this in such a short time frame. Let's jump to the punchline. What the heck? The punchline is once you identify that it's a triangle, I would recommend abstaining and dealing with what comes up. Now, that's technically the way we talk metaphysics all the time, like, you got to say no to what you don't want to create the space for what you want. But this is a deep one. Yeah. By the time when I was having this, and it's in chapter 27 of my book, my story about this particular relationship with a married woman, I, we were in, you know, we were, it was San Francisco in the 80s, by the way. It was 1980. And oh, so, nice laying out the excuse factor. Yeah, yeah right ah, on. Thanks for whoa, calling me on that because it's I still was timely. in the 80s in San Francisco. Yeah, that, that's right. That makes the morals different. I'm just they, joking. Well, no, I'm, I'm glad for the we joke, because I was thinking about that 10 minutes ago. We do, we do, we, every one of us have an excuse for why we want to do that. So, and they had an open Not relationship. Benny. They had an open relationship, so she and I weren't lying. Okay. Well, we were deeply in love. We were soulmates. We were this. We were that. Well... Some pretty hardcore colleagues of mine, the way we processed each other back in the day especially, we spent a couple hours in a hotel room confronting Peter on what was really going on. And it's hard to tap, but I just basically, we made a crack in my psyche where I admitted, well, practice what you preach. It had to be a recreation of something. that, And we knew enough about my parents to know that it was something parental. Wow. By the way, she was 36, the same age my mother was when my parents got divorced. So I admitted that. I chose out. I bottomed out. I grieved. A whole bunch of what was underneath it came out. So this is an area where just saying no is actually my last suggestion. The biggest, bluntest suggestion. Say no, and then you will have a lot more room to deal with what created that, what you're working through. Well, I mean, you know, and if, if we look at the triangles, it is sometimes hard. If we put a triangle on a piece of paper like you suggested, it's sometimes it's difficult to put the names around the triangle because we don't see the third, the third party very well. Mm -hmm. And we certainly don't see the third party if it's a parent or if it's a, an, an act of abuse that happened in our childhood. We don't see how that triangle then then manifests itself today in a current relationship. I mean, it's not is it's not that black and white. You really do need help with this. People need help with this. Yep. So let's talk about layer number one, simple layer. Our parents were distant. We felt left out. We learned, yearned to get more connection. Another sub piece that's a little bit less than about just triangles is uh, chapter twenty five of my book, the incest taboo. In that isolation we felt rejected. So then we will use relationships to try to regain connection. So sometimes I'll make the joke in general about our sexuality. 
you know, how many people does it take to, to heal that shame and feel worthy of affection? So, you know, we keep score. We have 25 lovers or 50 lovers in a sense. Or how many married people equal 50 lovers? You know, that's a lot of extra points there if he, she wants you over the other person. There's a very competitive aspect to it. Mm. And then I love the joke. The punchline to the joke here is, so how many married people? Well, or maybe just one Catholic priest. You know, if you, you get one Catholic priest to leave the church for you, that probably fulfills any, fills any parental wound. Mm, wow. I mean, it's hard to say. Vinny wasn't laughing, so maybe I didn't do that quite No, right, I was but. laughing on the side. I didn't want to disrupt the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, that's I thought it was kinda, great. That's kind of, but it's, it's a little bit true to tune into that side of it. Okay, so that's our healing of the isolation we might have felt because our f- parents were freaked out about intimacy. Well, you know, one of the things, though, is this this conversation you had earlier about unavailability. Uh, let's talk about that. Let's define what that is. Because, you know, being unavailable physically, meaning I've got a busy schedule, that's one asset, aspect of it. There's also other aspects, being unavailable emotionally. Then there's when you combine them. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that if we are attracted to somebody that's unavailable, that we're still not attracted to them. You yeah, know, and there's many layers. The more layers. unavailable you are, the more I want you. Right, and there's many layers as to what that would really be. Uh, I kind of feel like adding a different sort of concrete piece that helps paint this picture. Someone could be working admittedly too much. Let's say you're in a relationship with someone that works 60 hours a week. I, I work that. Okay, so... Uh, That's why no. I'm not in relationship. So, but there's... So that, that we could just say, oh, I don't do work, just like don't do long distance, don't do married, don't do workaholics. But there's another vibe where that person that works 60 hours a week could be extremely emotionally available and make you a great priority. So there is... It, it could. It I is mean, fair to... Have, and same thing with money. Just because someone can't buy you lunch doesn't mean they can't buy you an occasional cup of coffee that makes you feel cherished. It's, it's the quality and quantity are abstract here. Mm. So conversely, there could be someone who's, you know, financially independent, retired, adoring you, lavaging you with time and gifts, but there could still be an emotional veneer there. Now that doesn't mean you cast that relationship aside because they're emotionally unavailable, but on the other hand, admitting it as an unavailability issue, beginning to admit it as a recreation of isolation that's been felt in other times and places would help that relationship heal, evolve, or help that person say no to that person that's just not emotionally available. So did I answer the question? Probably not. There's a line, <laughs> though. Each person has a line where if you see both sides of that then you're admitting what you need and deciding mm. if it's a problem for you. So long distance, for example, isn't always a problem. It could be good, especially if you had the finances to solve it. Overall, what I've said about long distance is that it's a problem unless you have a pathway to solve it. Yeah. If, someone's, if someone has easy potential to move within a reasonable time frame, 
then that's not necessarily a problem. And then there's temporary long distance. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I was in a relationship and then I went to school. That was a temporary, temporary long distance. Mm-hmm. You know, that aspect of it. Um, but I want to tell everybody, we're going to skip the break. Uh, I want to tell everybody we have one book left and one session left. Uh, if you would like, uh, Brian is uh, eagerly waiting for you. Uh, 1-800-930-2819. eight We'd love to give you a copy of Peter's book uh, and or um, a session with him. Uh, you know, the session can be on the phone or in Redmond about anything. Tell me the dangers of triangles. T- tell us really, because sometimes when you're in them, they feel so good. Wow, that's a. I'm gonna. That feels fresh the way I'm hearing the question. So I'm gonna. I like different answers. I don't like to just stick to my little lists. You know, I don't. Dangers of triangles. Uh, permanent longing. You know, that's really the danger. The danger is the the pain, the lack of self soothing. To go back to prior shows, prior topics in my book. How do you self soothe if your source of intimacy is unavailable to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a setup. That's like bleeding to death. That's another phrase that I do like. That's quite visual. You know, yeah. stop it. You know, when I was at one of the hardest places in my relationships, my teacher and mentor, Hal Stone, said to me, Peter, fix this. You're bleeding to death. It was a different problem. It wasn't a triangle. That was more the celibacy sort yeah. of issue that is more central to my book in a way or not, excuse me, not another topic in my book. Um, but you know, triangles, if you're on the short end of that stick, you know, bleeding to death, permanent yearning, basically putting really bad habits in your brain too. all these relationship issues have momentum. And the longer we stay in ones that are wounding, the harder it is mm-hmm. to move through them. So, by the way, that's me just throwing, you know, a couple right. piles of empathy toward those of uh, the listeners that are have been in one that's seriously stuck. It's not as easy to move through that. So I'm not just saying, you know, snap out of it, change it today, but moving through that longing and saying no to it is going to be key. You know, there's something that also has uh, that I'd like you to address around this that is due to uh, the accelerated pace of technology now. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. No, I'm serious about yeah. it. By the way, the, my Internet dating blogs <laughs> are uh, on my blog at blog.peterkane.org. They're trickling in there. They've got a couple more to put up. I'll, in fact, I promise I'll put one up later today. Um, Texting. I mean, you know, let's talk about it. Well, I thought you were just going to the how you can create an affair so easily. But you can. It's it's on. But you don't even have to go to the Internet. You can do it on your smartphone. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you could do it on your smartphone. But it's become such part of our culture. Back to to what is unavailability. Uh, You you like this texting one. And let's weave that in here. It's a really good one. People turn off your phone when you're having lunch with a friend. (sighs) Unless you have children or a pre-noted business call that has to be taken. That is then that you tell your friend up front at lunch, I'm sorry, I have to look at my phone. You don't take any other calls. You don't text. Teenagers, stop texting when you're hanging out with your parents. It hurts their feelings. Well, you know, parents, I mean, so, this is not just the kids. I was getting my oil chained yesterday. 
right, at a local, you know, you get your oil change thing. Little four-year-old boy comes in with his mom, right? Great kid. Chatty, chatty, chatty. She gives him a book. Kid finishes the book. He goes over to mom. Mom, what are you, you know, what are you doing? Because he's bored. I was bored. She's got her smartphone, and she's playing a game. Mm -hmm. So she says to him, I'm playing, I don't know what the game is, free Mm -hmm. sell, or I'm I'm playing a game. Mm -hmm. As she's talking to him, she doesn't stop playing the game. And she's talking to, and this little four-year, this picture of this little four-year-old at the knees of a mother that's talking to him and playing a game. Yeah. It, you know, wow. I, my kids are 21 and 25, by the way. I almost took a picture way. of it, but I didn't. My kids are 21 and 25, by the way. The one that always annoyed me that was almost way less dramatic and negative than that one is parents that take their kids to the park without playing with them. What's that about? I mean, I understand if they're not physically able and it's nothing wrong with a couple mothers or fathers having their own me time to get caught up while the kids play. But. Yeah, unavailability is not well, I'll engaging. I'll tell you what it was for me. I can tell you what that is for me. When I was a kid, I didn't want to play with my parents. Well, let, let me spin this a different way, though. Let's think in terms of engagement points and that we are all learning to be human beings that are more intimately engaged, and we've all got our own baggage on that. But you can't be playing with your child if you're texting or on your cell phone. Absolutely. So, you know, here is what we've, where we've gone now with this, this unavailability thing. This is really good. Um, we used to blame teenagers for texting. Right. Honest to no, goodness. I love your example because of that. Uh, it is not a teenager issue. It is a people issue. It doesn't matter what age you are. You know, there is a time and a place for everything. If you are on a date, there's a, a, one of the top commercials right now playing on television is between a woman and a guy. And the woman is, they're having dinner, a nice dinner. And she's talking to the guy, and the guy goes, yes, why? And she oh, said, right. are you watching your blah, blah, blah phone? I admit, I actually watch a little TV enough to have seen this one. Yeah. Yeah. Look at what's happening. So, Peter, what are the best ways to Let's first notice that we wouldn't write that commercial where the woman was the one that was unavailable. The, you know, The guy was unavailable in that commercial. Yeah. Yeah. That was just a male bashing joke. I just heard that. Yeah. So, Benny, do you text all the time? Are you a, you're a texter? Well, I kind of do that during the show because it's easier to me for me to. No, communicate but in with general, other outside the show, we all have to do. Yeah, but yeah, but I don't use my phone as much as possible. Uh, my girlfriend has a smarter phone than my phone, so she's a little more in tune with that than I am. But mm. I, I'm not. I've never been a big phone guy, other than calling someone. But the texting helps just in from my business. Yeah. I no, can do it, it kind of I, under the under the well, you know, radar. Hey, I have. I'm texting and using email a lot more than the phone, just like the rest of us. And that's all fine. And and I love Facebook, actually. Facebook can be... Do you know what I hate? you got to address this issue. Can't what? The, Breaking up using a text message. Oh, well, please. You know, but let's let's just refocus this to the point is to engage and upgrade the intimacy and our connection. And... Let me use this to segue to another Mm. angle of that triangle. What about the person that has caught between two people? That's a whole nother piece of this triangle. Which person would that be? Well, the married woman who's having an affair. She is attached to two sides. That's a recreation of a parental triangle probably. 
maybe a sibling triangle, maybe a people-pleasing energy leakage, maybe, you know, she needs to say no to something that wasn't working. She's not strong enough to say completely no to it. You know, and understand I intentionally reverse the gender stereotypes here so that we could actually talk about a woman having an affair instead of a guy having an affair. But either way, that is like a phone getting in the way, etc. It's much deeper than a phone, though, so that's why I changed the subject. So how does she deal with that? Yeah. In simple terms, pick and be courageous and keep it clean and don't be playing two sides. That is an addiction to something as well. A loose use of the word addiction, but you know, that's a word that I'm weaving in here to describe those deeper emotional hooks that are going on that the gratification or the what's being proven, what self-esteem is being gained by playing both sides. You know, one of the things that I just want to point out, though, is that, you know, yes, we hear about the marriage triangles, but that is not necessarily the mass kind of triangulization that's going on now. You know, one of the things that I wanted you to address, and I mentioned it earlier, Mm -hmm. was, you know, there are triangles that are going on. You know, two people are in relationship and they call in a third person unknown to the other part, you know, to one of the parties Mm -hmm. to sort of be a sounding board where they should be having a conversation with each other. This is going on a lot. And technology does play a factor into that. Now, a lot of times it's a friend. A lot of times it's an ex. That is a very elusive triangle. Absolutely. And it does fit with what I just said. So let's start with it just being a friend, you know, and it seems kind of benign, but you, the reason that you're highlighting it to me is because it can be an energy leakage energy that leakage. is of, that is enabling mm. them to not uh, deal with their partner. But I think the piece I would most highlight is that they are looking for some sympathy that's similar. You know, it could be uh, X that there's some flirtation with, or it could be someone of their same gender or the mm. gender they're not attracted to, where they're just looking for some sympathy instead of some solution mm. or getting that added, you know, see, here's a great way to just illustrate that. I literally, you know, I started therapy at a young age, 19, uh, my sister also very young age. I think I was, and my dad died when I was 19. There's stuff about all that in my book, the personal parts of it. I think that I was in my early 20s. Oh, and by the way, my mother had a lot of therapy too. Um, I think I was in my early 20s before I realized my sister and mother gossiped about about me. Like I always knew that I had this. Right, right. My sister and I gossiped about my mother. Right. My mother and I gossiped about my sister. Right. And I thought it was because they were screwed up and, and I was their counselor. Nice. And what a light bulb. There I am. I'm already in practice. I'm in San Francisco in the early 20s. And I realize that they gossip about me, too. Yeah. It is sort of like, well, the phrase we use is playing people off against one another. So when that person is using their technology or whatever you're alluding to to communicate with the ex or the friend, in a sense, part of their wound is seeking Mm. validation, fulfillment, 
But back to the sexual triangles, it can also be grittier than that. People are do, are setting up their next lover. Oh my God! Yeah, it, 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 you know what? It, it takes us back to such a primitive state that we are out in the jungle, and that's what we're doing. Peter Kane, uh, thank you, Peter, for joining us here today. I want to give everybody Peter's website. Uh, PeterKane.org is the website. Check it out, uh, Peter. Thanks. We're going to have to do part two of this one. Good. I'll, we'll, we have we'll to do, do part next two month. of this one. Thank and, you. And uh, check out my blog too. And please sign up for my blog. All right. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Before we do, write down on a piece of paper, draw that triangle. Check out the relationships you have in your life and ask yourself the question, is something leaking out of here that I don't want to leak out? Check it out and make a change. We'll be right back. Holistique Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistique Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425 425- Four five one zero four zero four. Come to Seattle February 16th through the 20th for the 20th annual Women of Wisdom Conference. The theme is Radiate the Divine Feminine. Our world is ready. Our featured guests are Jean Houston, Jean Shinoda Bolin, Imsara, Yubaka Hill, and Naomi Tutu. Join Women of Wisdom for experiential life-changing workshops and evening presentations to inspire you. You can choose to attend the whole weekend or individual events. No charge for visiting. Daily activities such as the Goddess Market, Art Show, Tea House, and receive a reading or a healing at the temple. Are you ready to join a community of women who support each other in their journey to discover and develop their passions and purpose in life? Women of Wisdom is the place to be this February 16th through the 20th. Go to womenofwisdom.org to discover all the diverse offerings Women of Wisdom has to offer you. See you there. Have you asked your dentist about periodontal disease? Three out of four adults in Seattle unknowingly suffer from this painless but progressive infection caused by bacterial plaque. If not carefully treated, these bacteria can infect your gums, deteriorating the tissue and causing tooth loss. At Pacific Northwest Periodontics and Implant Dentistry, we offer a different kind of patient experience, providing the highest level of perio care within a relaxing environment. After a thorough examination, our doctors will take the time to understand your needs, address your concerns, and review a variety of treatment options with you. Our goal is to work with you to ensure the integrity of your dental health. Don't allow periodontal disease to take your teeth. Call Pacific Northwest Periodontics at 206-575-1086 to schedule an appointment. Or to learn more about periodontics, visit us online at pnwperio.com. If you or anyone you love has a degenerative or bulging disc, you need to know the doctors at Wellness One of Bellevue and Eastgate. For bulging discs of the back and neck, they use the DRX-9000 Spinal Decompression Machine. It gently creates negative pressure on the specific degenerated disc that allows the body to naturally repair itself. No drugs and no surgery. The website is bellevue.wellness1.net to learn more about spinal decompression at Wellness 1 of Bellevue and Eastgate. That's bellevue.wellness1.net. 